Howdy, and welcome to your dog's best life. This is Leanne. So today, we are going to talk a little bit about, well, a lot of bit about dog sports, what dog sports are available, how to train them, what I refer to as easy, quote unquote, dog sports, or no training dog sports, and training dog sports. And why we're going to talk about this is because of Matilda, my little psycho border collie. So some of you may know that I have a little border collie that was rehomed to me back, I want to say last year in March-ish. And she's about a little over a year and a, maybe a third, maybe a, maybe 15 months old, 16 months old right now. And she is a massive spitfire. She needs, needs, needs a job. And I did briefly try to rehome her and explain why that was and totally failed at it because everybody is rehoming their dogs right now because everybody discovered that they had jobs after COVID. Hey guys, newsflash, if you're on lockdown because of a disease and you get a puppy, you won't be on lockdown for life. So plan ahead, okay? Simple, Here's, that's very simple. So anyway, I have this little puppy and she absolutely needs a job. She is a super, super busy dog and she cannot not have a job. But it turns out that the job that she absolutely cannot have and that I really would prefer that she has is herding. That's the sport that I really focus on. And that's a for, uh, the sport that she seems to be uniquely incapable of doing. And that's not shocking. Her bloodlines kind of indicate nothing spectacular vis-a-vis -vis herding. So, so anyway, I was kind of at a loss when, it just, when I came to the conclusion that herding is not in her future and tried to find her an agility home or someplace like that, couldn't find one, so now I have this dog. Which leaves me with, kind of at loose ends, about what to do with her because she needs a sport. And by a sport, I mean not throwing a ball for her, not playing frisbee with her, but an actual sport that involves her mental bandwidth as well as some physical stuff. But mostly it's about the mental aspect with this type of a dog. So I, I happened to own agility equipment and I thought, well, here we go. Here's a dog who'd probably be an amazing little agility dog. And even if my, my skills and my goals are very minor, you know, get us into the ring and not humiliate me, we can definitely handle that. So I started playing with her with agility. And it turns out I personally find training agility to be breathtakingly boring. Yeah, it's not my jam. So what do I do? And that leads me to kind of where we're going. But let's talk a little bit about what are training sports and what are what I consider to be kind of non-training sports. And I'm going to explain that. So I divide my dog sports into two types. The ones that actually require a whole lot of training on my part and the ones that require zero to no training on my part. The ones that require training are herding, obviously. They also, des they also demand a certain set of behaviors and instincts on my dog's behalf and rally obedience or any type of obedience that also requires training agility clearly would require a boatload of training that I have discovered I have no desire to do then there are the other sports that my dogs do we do disc which is uh, we do toss and fetch which is kind of low-hanging fruit on the disc frontier uh, it's just tossing the the disc as often as you can and getting it caught by the dog and return to you theoretically in one minute or 90 seconds whatever and the other one is we've been playing at dock diving 
which you just throw a toy into the pool and the dog jumps in and gets the toy. Now, before I get nasty letters, I understand that the folks who are very, very good at these sports, dock diving and even toss and fetch, work their asses off to be very, very good at those sports. I get that. But I also understand that people with zero talent, like myself, can just jump in and do these sports with almost no skills or training. So as an example, as a frisbee thrower, disc thrower, I'm about as skilled as a chicken who plays harmonica. It's not pretty, it's not effective, it certainly sounds like crap, but the dogs do occasionally grab a disc and somewhat bring it back. And for me, that's good enough. We're hanging out with friends, it's, you know, usually the weather's nice, it's, a, it's fun. It's fun, you get cool patches from the toss and fetch folks for a really inexpensive uh, barrier to entry. It's like $15 for a five week toss and fetch league. I mean, what, what could be better? What could be easier? So those I consider to be, for me, no training to low training sports. And I will do as many of those as my, my dogs are willing to do. I mean, some of my dogs don't fetch. Some of my dogs don't return frisbees. Tag, I don't. She goes up uh, in the air kind of like a monkey with rabies. And so I don't let her do a lot of disc because I'm afraid she's going to injure herself. And I don't want my herding dog to injure themselves playing disc. So, you know, we, choices are made. Well, anyway, getting back to Matilda. Matilda needs a training sport. Yeah, she can do discs. She's really, really, really uniquely bad at it because I haven't trained a recall. Again, training. We didn't like agility. She can't herd. Well, crap. And I've got this little psychopath. And she is one and a half years old. I've got 14 years of crazy dog to deal with if I don't get a sport under the belt for this little maniac. So... That left me kind of scampering around looking for a sport. Now we do rally. Rally is obedience. It's a, it's a kind of, I consider it the more fun version of AKC obedience. It's just, they have signs. It's, it's really kind of fun, but it's not something I'm willing to thoroughly commit to. I do, I do show in it. I do trial in it, but I'm not, and I'm competitive because I'm a naturally competitive person, but I'm not going to spend hours and hours and hours and hours on it. Well, I've always loved, there are two sports I can watch on TV. And one, of course, is herding. It's fascinating to watch, even though you have to turn the volume down because the whistles become annoying. And the other is what they call ring sport or bite sport, or it has 15 different names, which is the bite work stuff, where the usually Malinois, German Shepherds, are doing a really stylized heel. It's always really pretty. Their little feet flick out in front of them. It's really pretty. And then they go and attack a guy who runs away in a bite suit or whatever. I don't, I don't even know the difference between these sports. And I listen to some podcasters who do the sport, who do, are, do, do sport work with their dogs. And they're always talking about it. And it, I have always been fascinated by it. And I think it's beautiful to watch. And I understand that it's really just a very, very stylized, high-end game of tug, really. Uh, the, do the dog's not really uh, uh, afraid for its life. The dog is not really attacking human beings. The dog is attacking the bite suit. And probably for a lot of these dogs, if you sent them after a person without a bite suit, they would honestly have no clue what the hell to do. They'd be like, um, that's not the picture I'm used to. Uh, it'd be like sending your dog after who plays tug to go ask them to go tug on somebody who's not holding a tug toy. They'd be completely perplexed. So anyway, I love it. I've always loved it. And 
So I have decided to do bite sports with Matilda because I will tell you one thing she absolutely can do and that is hold on to a tug toy. I could pretty much swing her over my head if I wanted to when she's at the end of a tug toy. She's got a fantastic grip. She's a little committed monster. And most importantly, she's completely mentally sound, which for Border Collie is saying a lot. And most of my dogs aren't. Or if they are, they have no desire to play tug. And they need that. You need both components. You need the tug and you need the mentally sound part. So... How do you pick a sport for your dog? Because uh, I had to think about this. You know, I, I've never had to think about it because either I've done sports that I've had the dogs bred for, herding, or I've had dogs that just didn't need a sport. My lifestyle guardian dog, she doesn't do anything. Even my Aussie, even though she's very, very high drive, she's perfectly happy to hang out and be a dog. My older border collie, Ketchum, who's 14 and a half now, she was a great just hanging out ranch dog. She loved that. There was no part of her that demanded that she be trained or she'd be an unholy nightmare to live with. Matilda, not so much. Matilda needs a job, which again sent me scrambling looking for a job. So when I talk to my students, because a lot of my students have high drive dogs, and we talk about what they want to do with their dogs. What I always tell them is the most important thing is find the sport that you, the human, enjoys. Almost any sport can be done with almost any dog. And again, there are caveats and we'll go into that. But but it does you no good if the dog loves the sport and you personally hate training it because you're not going to. You're not going to train it. I mean, Matilda loves the A-frame. She'll jump over it 55 times. She'll run up and down, run up and down. She's like, the A-frame. She'll go in and out of the tunnel. I don't enjoy training agility. It wasn't something I enjoyed doing. Now, it might have been that I just, I didn't have a trainer. um, But I, I, you know, it was a lot of fun. I I got to geek out on the technique and the whole thing about handling. And I did geek out for a while on it. But beyond that kind of flush of excitement of a new thing, it quickly palled and I just, it wasn't something I really wanted to pursue. But I gotta pursue something. And th- the first thing I'll tell you is, it doesn't matter what sport, and I'm gonna put sport in air quotes because there are plenty of people out there who have high drive dogs who don't do any sports. But they found a way to give their dog an outlet for their crazy without, without joining a, a club or p- joining a sport. One of them is trick training. Uh, A friend of mine, Maggie, she's a hell of a dog trainer, man. And she she has like 75 cues on her dogs. Two dogs, two, two. My dogs combined, I have seven dogs. Combined, they don't have 70 cues. Wow, I mean, that's insane to me. I, I would, she has to write them down. I have to write down like the 10 cues I have for tag and I still screw it up. Trick training kind of bores me. If it's, if it's anything more complicated than high five, I'm kind of out. It's like, nope, this is too much work or not fun or the end result's just not worth it for me. I did accidentally chain Ruby to do most of a backing around me, around my legs thing. And so now mostly what I have is a dog who every time she approached me, spins in a circle and then backs around me. But that was mostly for videos done during the pandemic to try to 
keep my business alive. So now I have a dog who just randomly backs around me in a circle. It's not a useful trick. It's not a trick I especially enjoy doing, but she loves it. She has a high reinforcement history for it. So anytime I have a toy and I'm ignoring her for two seconds, she backs in a circle around me. But there are folks out there who put a million trick titles on their dogs. Their dogs have whole performance routines. They are beautiful. They are incredibly well executed. They are brilliant and good for them. And if, it, if, it, if that makes their dog happy and it makes them happy, all the power to them. I love to assign tricks to my students because oftentimes they just need a way to interact with their dog that is purely positive, where the outcome doesn't matter. And we talked in the last podcast about kind of fraught situations where your dog is quote unquote ignoring you. People don't get pissed when their dog doesn't do a high five or an army crawl. Uh, unlike when they refuse to stay, refuse in air quotes, where they can't re retain a stay or they don't come when called. So the nice thing about trick training for people is, A, you can Google it really quick. You can, it's all positive, so no one's really gonna give you shitty advice. They're not gonna just, oh, slap an e-collar on it, that'll solve everything. It's a trick. So it's always, almost always gonna be trained via motivation. It's gonna be happy and fluffy and fun. They're usually quick videos. You can pop in, you can go in and out a couple of them and check and see which one has a technique that makes more sense to you. And then, wham, bam, you're done. You, you know, you spend 20 minutes a day or 10 minutes a day or even five minutes a day and in, in a less than a week, you've got a cool trick. And that's even the most complicated trick. And that's cool. You know, you can show it off to your friends and family. Your dog is brilliant and your dog had a great interaction with you, was always positive. It builds that rapport and that, and that relationship with your dog. It's all positive. Anything you train your dog is going to be positive if it's done using reward-based systems. So tricks, good for you. If you want to do tricks, they're easy to access. You can get titles online either through AKC right now. Any canine good citizen person can also do a, can a trick title. I can do trick titles. I can do them video. I can do them. I haven't, but I could. I could do them in person. Do more with your dog also does trick titles. I think they have really fancy ribbons. I'm very much a child about fancy ribbons. I've never done do more with your dog trick titles, but I do think they have cool ribbons. AKC's ribbons are lame. I, I do have, I have two trick titles on two of my dogs. So uh, I've done it, but yeah, it's pretty low hanging fruit for an easy title. Uh, moving up from that, there is, if you want to really get crazy with the tricks, you can do dancing with your dog. It's called canine freestyle. It's super cool to watch. And they do it at Crufts, which is the British version of Westminster. So it's the highest of the high, best of the best dog show in Great Britain. And they have amazing freestyle routines. If you want to spend a good five minutes listening to a song and, and watching some amazing people do breathtakingly cool things with their dogs, just go onto YouTube and Google Cruff's freestyle. And just, and, and again, this is very incredible detailed training. These are not, uh, freestyle is not a thing that you can go into casually. It is not a thing that you're going to do any good at if you don't go in with the idea that you're going to go all in. So there are sports like that, you know, tricks, you can kind of come and go. You can do a trick and then never do another trick again. And who cares? 
But freestyle, if you want to do it, you've got to train all the behaviors. There's a lot of healing and backwards cool stuff and spins and weaves between your legs. And it is a really beautiful sport when done correctly, but it's a training sport. It's not a just walk in and do it sport. Walk in and do it sports. Well, last two weeks ago, I think I did fast cat with my dogs. So fast cat, for those of you who are unfamiliar, and it's a US ace AKC. I, I'm sure they have it in other places. And it's for all the breeds. It's equivalent to lure coursing, which I'll also explain if you don't know what that means, but it's for all breeds. So lure coursing is just what it sounds like. It's taking a lure and setting up a course and the dog chases the lure. It's for sight hounds, and, which is greyhounds, feral dogs, Afghan hounds, all of those dogs that you think of as long, sleek, fast dogs. And they're chasing a, a, a generally a plastic bag on a, on a string. And it's just through pulleys and they have a motor and it's motorized. And, and those greyhound, greyhounds can go like almost 50 miles an hour. I mean, it's insane how fast those little dogs can go. So Fast Cat is that for all the other breeds. It's a hundred yard dash. Same sort of deal. It's a pulley system with a flag and a, and a motor. And the barrier to entry is an entry fee and a dog who wants to chase a moving object. That, that really is it. So you couldn't have a lower barrier to entry except for dogs who are either A, so busy trying to eat the other dogs and or people that they can't be trusted. That would be Ruby. Or dogs who don't chase things like Cody. And of course my livestock guardian dog or dice who was too busy trying to pee on everything to care about the object that was being that was moving so the dog has to have some level of predatory drive and a desire to play with objects but tag was a little rock star matilda was a little confused at first she thought the job was to chase other dogs so she took off from a rock like a like a rocket from the person who was holding her so you need two people one at each end of the hundred yards i put myself at the far end so i could call my dog i had a holder at the at the front end and the holder let her go when the flag took off and Matilda took off like a rocket for 20 yards. And then she popped up like a kangaroo and started bouncing around in circles because she thought the good job was to chase the dogs. And when there was no dog to chase, she was really quite baffled. The next day I just, I used a flirt pole, which is really just a stick with a string with a toy on the end, like a cat toy that you swing around and the dog chases it. I just, I have one of those at home. I attached a plastic bag to it and kind of gave her the idea. And then when the next day she went, she did much, much better. Tag was a rock star. She was a rocket. She was just so insanely fast. She actually caught the flag and we had to do a rerun. So, but that, talk about low, low, low barrier to entry. That's a great quote unquote sport for a dog who doesn't need a lot of mental stimulation. And you just want to play around a little bit with some events that are very low key and, and, and friendly and enjoyable. The next one would be dock diving is great. Again, you take a toy. So you need a dog who has some toy drive. You take a dog who's not mortified of water and you train it to jump off first a ramp, then a dock and you chuck the toy and the dog dives in. Now, Having said that, there are people who are very, very good at it. And those people who are very, very good at it, train it. They, they go in, they have practice, they do things right, they, they study technique, they study their throws, they train their dogs. And if they're getting 23 and 30 foot jumps, it's because they've worked their asses off. But for people like me, 
who are just like, oh, this is a fun thing to play with my dogs, who don't put any time into it, it's also very rewarding for us. And that's what I'm talking about with, with when it comes to training, non-training and training sports. All sports benefit if you've spent the time training your dog. But there are some that you can easily enjoy without having to do a lot of work. You know, if you just want to kind of come in and be lazy, there's nothing wrong with, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the other thing. There's nothing wrong with it. So we play toss and fetch, which is an online, so that it's international in, and it's online, but you do local regional groups. So in Tucson, we have desert disc dogs, and we also had a satellite club from Douglas, Arizona, which is down the border called, I still have the name, Badass, so B-A-D-D, which is border area disc dogs. AZ for Arizona, badass. And we worked with them. We did disc dog with them. It's a five-week event. You show up every whatever, usually weekend day. You have a bunch of friends. You set up a course. It's shaped like a diamond with no points on the end. I'm sure that has a name. Don't know what it would be. And you throw the disc. Your dog catches it. Theoretically, they bring it back. You throw the disc. They catch it. And this is pretty basic. And you do, it as many, you do it as many times as you can in a minute, as far as you can in a minute, and you get extra points if your dog is airborne when they catch the disc. That really is it. Tag does really well. Ruby does really well when she remembers how to track the Frisbee. Matilda really struggles with bringing the Frisbee back part, so I'm running all over the course chasing her, which is quite amusing for everybody else. Not as much for me. But it's fun. It's a great way to get along with fellow dog lovers. It's a great way to meet other people who are doing other sports. It's a great entry level. It's $15. You don't need to join AKC or anything like that. You can have any breed of dog. All the, the entry requirement is, is can your dog catch a frisbee and bring it kind of more or less back to you? That really is it. Talk about low barrier entry. Now, the folks who do it well, they practice disc throwing. I suck. I'm terrible. I'm just bad. I kind of joke that my dogs would run away and find a better thrower if they could. They're like, oh, she sucks. Um, they practice with their dogs. They practice technique with their dogs. They practice their do- teaching their dogs how to go around them properly to, to head out and, and chase the Frisbee down. I don't do any of that. I mean, I do a little bit, so I don't look like a complete idiot, but I, I do as minimally as I can to still enjoy myself and feel like I'm getting a little bit better every time because that's who I am. I like to be better at things one day to the next. Some people don't need to do that and fine, who cares? So that has a very low barrier to entry if you aren't going to be super serious. And if you want to be super serious, then you will do the work, but you'll also have to buy the dog because you're not going to do well with a chihuahua. Uh, you're not going to do super well with a Boston Terrier because they can't breathe. So, you know, the people who are doing well are doing it with Border Collies and Belgian Malinois and, and Labrador Retrievers, big dogs who just are huge, have big strides and can, and can chase the Frisbee down. Or bird dogs. I think some of them do really well with bird dogs. But you can show up with your Terrier and your, you know, we have Corgis in our club. We have... Uh, doodles in our club. We have border collies. We have Aussies. We have, if it's a breed, we can, we'll have it in our club. And it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. And you hang out with your friends and you sit in the sun and it's a good day. And it's a cheap, like I said, cheap. It's 15 bucks for all five weeks through Toss and Fetch. And all you have to do is find a local group for your area of the country. And if you don't have one, you can make one. It's super duper easy. So that's a really great sport to just kind of walk into. 
and great way to meet other dog people and enjoy time with your dog and meet cool people. And then from there, you get into the ones that are a little harder that you won't be happy unless you've done some training. And that's like rally obedience, which is an AKC and ASCA sport. So um, ASCA is Australian Shepherd Club of America. They do rally and AKC does rally. Both will take your dog. It doesn't matter what your breed is. The only caveat is for AKC, they must be spayed or neutered if they're not a purebred. Um, that's part of AKC's kind of snobbery. That's the way it rolls. But I don't think ASCA has that. And I've done cyanosport. I still don't, I don't know if they're still doing it. I heard they are. So that's that. But you do have to train. You have to train heel and you have to train front and you have to do. And if that's your jam, I love it. I enjoy training it. I think it's fun to train. It's a second tier thing that I train. It's not the number one thing I train. So I spend less time on it. And if you spend less time on it, you're not going to do as well at it. But, you know, we do okay. Um, we we try, tag trialed the first time this past November and we did three we did three rounds and we got two cues, which is qualifying scores. They they weren't fantastic. They were nothing really to hang your hat on. But we got around the course and she looked kind of cute at it and she was clearly happy. So it's all good. Uh, obedience, AKC obedience. You they have a lower entry level now than they used to have. Uh, they that can be fun. Um, I don't do it, but my friends do, and I probably will do it eventually. And then you get into the sports where you really kind of need to train a little more. Uh, scent work is great. I've never done it. Barn hunt, we do barn hunt. Uh, it's really fun. That's with the rats in the tubes. So there are a lot, of, and that's a low barrier entry too. If your dog really digs the rat, you just have to train them to go up two bales of straw and through a tunnel. And you just have to practice. The biggest thing for barn hunt is the human is more prone to make mistakes than the dog. You have to be careful how you handle the dog and how you handle the bales of straw and how you handle the rat. Uh, but everything else is pretty barrier, low barrier entry. So I can't, this is not exhaustive, obviously, an exhaustive list of every dog sport on the planet. There are hundreds more. This is just to give you an idea that there is a sport for you and your dog if you want it. And if you don't want it, you can trick train at home or practice healing at home, which is great focus for these herding dogs to give them that outlet for tracking another animal, which is what they're bred to do. And it can be really powerful. Dancing with dogs is very similar to herding for some of these dogs. You can give them that outlet. There's tri-ball. I mean, there's like a million sports. But the point of this is that some really require training for you to enjoy them and do well enough to not just be embarrassed. Some don't require training for you to go in and not look foolish. That doesn't mean that it doesn't require training to excel. It simply means that it doesn't require training to not look like a dipshit, which I'm totally open, I'm totally cool with. I have no problem with it, but some people really get concerned about it and worried about other people are judging. Other people are not. They don't, they have better things to do with their time. So, the biggest thing about dog sports, whatever sport you choose for your dog has to meet your dog's needs. That's the first thing. The second thing is it has to meet your needs and it has to be a combination of both because if you're not going to do it, it doesn't matter if it meets your dog's needs. And if you want to do it, but it doesn't meet your dog's needs, your dog's not going to do it either. So you're kind of, you're kind of in a tough boat. So, um, Anyway, that was a little bit of a primer, and I just wanted to tell you where we're going with Matilda because I'm kind of excited. We're doing Schutzund. That's the name of the sport. They keep changing the name. It's also called IPO, and it's also called IGP. IGP is the latest name. 
I honestly know the name. Um, I had to go in and when I spoke to the club leader, she said, what do you know? I said, it keeps changing their name <laughs> and it's a bite sport. And that really is it. So we're just starting. We've been doing it all of two weeks. We haven't been able to, uh, to go. We can't go to a meeting with them, to the club meetings on Saturdays until February. So it's going to be quite a while before we get started for real. But so far, I'm psyched. The thing is, is once you get in with people who know what they're doing, they can send you in the right direction for videos. They can help you out. And you could become part of a community. And that is really fun. Regardless of which sport you choose, you're always going to be a part of a community if you allow yourself to be, if you want to be, if that's your jam. So anyway, I hope if you have a dog who needs a sport, that you find a sport that you both like. And if you have a pet dog that want, that its sport is holding the couch down, that is great too. Billy, that is her. She's like, I'm going to hold this rock down and make sure it doesn't go anywhere. I'm going to watch my sheep all day and that makes me happy. And she has a recall and that is it for Billy. So anyway, happy training. I'd love to hear from you guys. Tell me what sports your dogs are doing and what you're exploring because it's a lot of fun. Welcome to 2022. I hope you guys have great things in store for you and your dogs in 2022. I'm going to try to be better about podcasting. Look, three in a row. And if you like us, please share, rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you all. Happy New Year. Happy training.